Hello, podcasts. Make believe heroes. Make it believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 26 of Make Believe Heroes, your favorite actual play, 5th edition, Dungeons and Dragons adventure. I'm sorry if that was presumptuous, but we all know it's true. <laughs> What's true? Today I'm joined, per the huge, by four of my acquaintances. And mine. Hey, guys, it's Jeremy. I play Lorik Darkbolt. I'm Jeffrey, and I play Servants Off the Wall. Alan Boone, and I play Jamalil Karth. I'm Red, and I play Kellen. And we are ready to play some Dungeons & Dragons. But yeah, we first, are. I shall do that thing that I typically do before we play. I have this extra large blue 20-sided die. It's beautiful. I'm going to roll it. Roll that beautiful bean footage. Oh. What is it? What is it? Would you two in the room would like to take a look at this natural 20 oh I just rolled gosh. on this giant blue d20? Oh my. No. I got to say, for, if there We're was ever... We're going to die. If there was ever a time, other than like, you know, finale. This is not, hopefully not the finale. Unless you all die. Unless today. we all die. Yeah. Which is, you know, hey. That's apparently. a possibility. It is possible. Um, unless you all die today, this is not the finale. But I have to say, this is not a good time for the DM to have rolled an all-natural critical hit. Yeah, especially seeing how we all, you know, fell asleep. Mm. Last time we played, things got real. Uh, real bad. Kellen was struggling, more than anyone probably, to deal with the horrific nightmares that all of the group had endured the night before. Struggling with the loss of his dear loved one, Irma. He fell into the drink. Too much of it for his small, what, 40-pound gnomish body? <laughs> things got dark. Though the group was struggling to get across the river due to their exhaustion, they finally made their way to the center where there was a gleam of sunlight. And in that sunlight, our paladin, Servants Off the Wall, reached out to his god in search of a boon, you might say. I found him. And Alan. He's boon. in this podcast. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's in search of a boon from his god, which he received. But as they finally reached the shore, they discovered that Kellen was not just drunk. He was in some serious danger. He began to vomit profusely, feverish, falling into the water. Servants quickly healed him. Because that's what I do. But even though they healed his physical ailments mentally, Kellen was not in a good state. Kellen, distraught, tormented by his past. His friends tried to help him, tried to reach out to him, but their words fell on deaf ears. And Lark especially made a real fool of himself. Yeah, he did. And as the group begins to go deeper into Fallen Grove, headed toward the canopy, where do they stand? I thought we laid. I thought we laid. You're all asleep right now, except for Lark, of course. Lark, you are meditating. Wait, we're going to a can of peas? Oh, yes. Alan, please. And <laughs> when we last left you meditating there, your statement was that you wanted to focus this time not on the tree, not on the grove, but how to save a party that's falling to pieces. What does Lark think about? Well, I mean, he's really concerned about Helen, mm -hmm. I think, more than anybody. 
um, Kellen and Guy, you know, he's he heard everything that was said today, mm-hmm. and he knows that they're both questioning what's their purpose, which, I mean, I guess they're all thinking about that. What's their purpose? Why are they even here? Yeah. But those two in particular, if Kellen doesn't come out of this, he doesn't see Kellen, you mm-hmm. know, staying through to save the tree. Not only that, but he really stepped in it with Kellen. I don't know if you remember, but she went up to him and said, if she's lost, we can help you find her when this is all over with. Oh. We'll find her. Yeah, I remember. And then he told you how stupid you were and walked off, and then Guy said, you really are an idiot, and also walked off. Yes. So. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, what are you, so Lorik is really, the worst. Every time, I, every time I listen to that this week, I just cringed. Anyway, so Very tell good. me, what in Lorik's past would help him what would he dwell on? What would he think about? What would he look to to help him discover how to deal with situations like this? I don't know that Lorik's ever been in a situation where he's dealt with somebody who's had a great loss. Mm-hmm. Um, his his upbringing was nothing like that. Right. He, he he's never even seen the meme. He's never even seen the meme. Right. Um, so King of memes, Jeffrey. He's, He's confused. He, I don't think he has an answer per se. Mm. Um, I think he realizes after long meditation and thinking about everything that he said and done mm-hmm. that uh, Irma's not missing. She's dead. Yes, it's settled <laughs> in. It's settled in that Kellen has lost someone that he dearly loved. Yeah. Um, so Lark has no memories that are a fix for this. He has no. He has no training in his time at the College of Magic in Vent Haven for how to deal with friends who lost loved ones. No. Death and dying wasn't a class there. Death and dying, psychology, he he totally skipped all those. He was too busy crafting magic items. So after four or so hours, maybe even a little longer of meditation, just crawling through your memories, trying to find something, you realize you have no idea what to do. Right. And so you wake. You feel, not wake, but you, you know, you settle back into consciousness and you feel wholly rested. You had no nightmares, your exhaustion... You know, you maybe can still feel the after effects, maybe a little bit of a headache still ringing in your ear, but nothing severe. You, you feel like you're good to go for the next day. Your friends are all around you sleeping. What do you what do? you do? He doesn't wake. He woke. He's woke. He gets so woke. He, uh, he wokes. <laughs> stands up, dusts himself <laughs> off, takes a look around. Mm-hmm. I think his intention is that he's going to try to have some food put together for them when they wake up. Okay. So you begin to gather some food do you go hunting for something let's go with a fire first okay like he's just gonna you can start a fire right yeah he can um he's just he's just <laughs> we gonna hope find some, yeah we hope do you have any cantrips fire cantrips i'm, I'm sure that i do yeah i mean i'm gonna need confirmation here worst of the worst Lark <laughs> is gonna you know just point the wand of wonders at a stack of oh wood. no <laughs> it becomes a giant stack of firewood you know press the digitation that can light like, yeah. a small fire yeah candle, i like, do handle so yeah, that's yeah, fine. You can that, gather some, you can d- gather some dead leaves and things, gather them together, put it with some wood that you get together and light it with prestidigitation. I do want you to just roll me a, I don't know, let's call it nature or survival. Burn the Either one's check. better. Does the forest kill me? Check. Instructions unclear. Party on fire. It's a six on the dice. Okay, you're fine. <laughs> I just needed it to not be a one. You're not suddenly an eagle scout, but you're you know you're fine. Odds are you probably get down there and try to start it naturally. Mm-hmm. Go. N- this isn't going to work. Just you know, do prestidigitation, light a little fire, and get it going. So you have a fire going in just a few, probably half an hour. Excellent. So okay. what do you do? I want to. I guess I'm going to go hunting. No one has any food that I know of, right? Just rations. 
Yeah, I'm but gonna... If you're wanting to fix a hot meal, you probably need to gather some things. There's a Charlie there. All right, that's true. Now, Kellen has showed you, like, plants and stuff you guys can eat the whole time. He, he said he's been showing you different plants you he's can gonna, eat, different things. He's so. going to walk off into the woods a little bit mm-hmm. with the intention of magic missling some squirrels for breakfast. Okay. Zaboomafoos. 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 All right, let me can see. Can I do some perception checks? Sure. To see if you can find something. An eleven on the dice. Okay, that's probably like what a fourteen for you. That's a fourteen. I'll say that you don't have to travel very far at all from the camp before you spot something moving in the trees. Squirrels. Can he kill it? Lemurs <laughs> on the ground. Can I? Can I mage hand them and just drop them from on high so they? Mm. I don't have to burn a magic missile. Uh, you could try that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could you could try that, or you could try a cantrip. You know, it's up to you. What do you want to do? Um, let me see what cantrips I have. Real you got quick. ray of frost. Ooh, yeah. Freeze him. I'm going I'm to freeze me some squirrels. <laughs> that seems like something Lark would definitely do. Yep. Lark's going to try to freeze a squirrel up. All right. Roll it. Freezer burn. A 19. Okay, Ooh. yeah, that's a 26 to hit. So you hit the squirrel. It immediately freezes in place. <laughs> uh, it becomes It was up on cube. the tree. With a 26, I'm going to say that you actually freeze it well enough that it's, like, stuck to the tree. Nice. So you can go over there and just, you know, break it off, I guess. <laughs> You go over there, you get it. When you pull it off, a little bit of its foot like stays on the tree. <laughs> That's terrifying. Uh, you bring the frozen solid squirrel back to the campfire. Okay. I'm going to say Lorik probably puts it on a stick and tries to roast it like a hot dog. What would you roll for a cooking chip? <laughs> I mean, survival? It would have to be survival. survival. Okay, roll me a survival check and let's see how your meal turns is out. This gonna, is this going to turn out that Lorik kills everybody by undercooking food? Probably not. I mean, you froze it. <laughs> He did get a five. Okay. He did. No. Okay. Let me see here. And your survival is probably like, what, a plus one? Yeah, it's plus one. Yeah, so you got a six. One. So you, I'm not going to say that you undercook it. Since it's frozen, you overcompensate and you overcook it. And what's, what's left there is some very crispy, crispy, crispy black burned <laughs> squirrel meat that may or may not have some hair still on it. Would Lorik have known how to... In the squirrel? No. No, that's why it still has that's fur why on it. That's bad. And yeah. <laughs> it's a very poor job. After a, I'll say, in the time it takes for all this to happen, you guys are coming to, to the smell of, at first, what seems like maybe a good smell, you know, cooking meat. But as you come to, you realize it actually smells somewhat putrid. Crispy bacon. Yeah, like burnt popcorn. Ugh. Mmm, yummy. Whenever I notice Kellen start to wake up, I'm going to pick up the, the spit. Uh huh. And walk it over, and I'm gonna like sit down next to his head, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna be like, um, "Hey, hey, Kellen, yeah, I, uh, I made you some breakfast. It smells like garbage, but um, I, I wanted to say I'm sorry. I wasn't, I, I wasn't thinking clearly. Yeah, it's it's fine, Lorik. Whatever. But are you are you feeling are you feeling um, any better? Yeah, I'm feeling better. <clears throat> Just got the morning grogs in my throat right now. But uh, was that in character? Both, uh, in and out mm-hmm. metagaming. You gotta get that <laughs> oh, loose. Goodness. That was in character mm-hmm. too. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks, uh, thanks, Lorik. Uh, You're welcome. Um, I just, I just want you to know that we wouldn't have made it this far without you. Yeah, thanks. And he gets up and walks off. Okay, Kellen, do you do you do anything with the squirrel? 
How many? How many did he make? Is just this one. Just the, <laughs> there's one squirrel. There's one burnt squirrel. One burnt squirrel. Yes. Is he? Is he watching me? He said he walked off. So are you kind of watching out the like, corner of your eye? How I'm, I'm, how far away? I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay attention. He's pay, he's watching. I'm paying attention. He's watching. He's you he can tell he's kind of looking at you like, like a little bit through the corner of his eye. Do like you like he's it? Glancing your way. <laughs> does he like it? Uh, <laughs> what does Kellen do? Is there any way I can like cut? You know, you know how like yeah. if you cut into it, there there's probably a part. You want to get down to the good stuff? Yeah. Is there any good stuff? Yeah. Go ahead and try that. All right. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna cut into it. Okay. And I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get some of the good part. All right. You you. The cut squirrel's into body it. says, "Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good." <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> No, no, Spoilers. no. You haven't even seen that movie. I know. Um, I've seen all the memes, though. Okay. Okay. The meme king. All right. Here we go. Uh, you cut into the squirrel, and when you do, you know, some of the smell of the meat comes out, and Charlie kind of and rolls over, and he looks towards you, and then he kind of leans down and sniffs the squirrel meat, and then he's just like, <laughs> and gets up and walks off into the forest. You look down in there, and there's some meat down in there that's not black. But have you ever seen okay. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? The turkey. Yeah. When they cut into the turkey. Oh. It just, yeah. And it just <laughs> basically just burps out all this steam, and then there's just tendrils connected in there. It's kind of what it's like. It's been cooked to nothing. Bad. It's basically the ninja lizard bat. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> If well, you eat this, it's not, it's not, you don't, you don't think it's going to hurt you. It's definitely cooked through. It's just not going to be good. <sighs> Kellen will take a bite out of it. Okay. It's really, really hard to chew mm-hmm. and not good at all. It just basically tastes like ashes. <laughs> Lorik smiles that he <laughs> ate some of it and then turns his head. It's kind of choking you up a little bit. As soon as he turns his head, Kellen is going to chuck that thing as far <laughs> as possible. <laughs> roll, me a, roll, me a, roll me a slide of hand check. <laughs> what? All right. <laughs> or stealth. Just a, either one. Oh, this is a great way to start an episode. That is a natural 20. Oh, wow. That is a natural 20 on the dice. Well done. Okay, so Lark, he doesn't see you pitch it into the woods. Nope. So all of you are waking now. It smells a little bit like burnt meat around here. Um, hey everybody! Oh, we're waking up. Oh, Ev- yeah, everybody, everybody, um, you wanna you wanna gather on the fire? I, I tried to make and breakfast, sing a but campfire I think song? yes, I think Kellen ate all the food already. Um, everyone, there was food. Kellen, you ate all the food? Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go out. I'll, I'll go get us some stuff, guys. Sorry about that. It was really good. It was really good. It doesn't um, smell like it. No, it, it okay. was really good. It's just a little bit overcooked. Uh, I'm going to go gather some squirrel and lemur and all that kind of stuff for y'all. And I'm going to have me a nice salad. Squirrel and lemur. I hate <laughs> I hate that lemur is the real thing right now. <laughs> <laughs> can you eat lemur? Like no. Oh, God. I'm pretty oh, sure it's like illegal. But we can. No, that's totally against the law. I don't know. I know they eat like guinea pigs and stuff in Ecuador. So. Things I don't want to know. Uh, Zabumafu is real in this world, and we have eaten him. Okay, let's so. uh, 
So Kellen goes out. He gathers some food. He comes back and fixes you all some breakfast. I don't, I don't really want to, you know, just yeah. stick too deep into this. While he's cooking, Lork's like, "All right, guys, I want to, I want to talk to everybody. I want to talk to everybody." Um, so there's, there's a, uh, well, I, I guess I just want to say that, you know, this might be, this might be like the biggest thing that happens to us in our entire lives. <laughs> this might be like, you know, how back whenever we were gonna drink. And we decided not to drink because we had something more important to do. Well, I think this is one of those times where we need to like, we need to remember that there's something bigger than us right now. And the fact that we get exhausted or tired or, or sick or can't cook squirrel <laughs> shouldn't, shouldn't hold us back from, from working together because if it all falls apart, then the whole world could fall apart. And that's terrifying. And sometimes you just need your friends, you know, sometimes that's all you got. And and even if your family turns the back on you, you could you always have your friends. And I think I think that we're becoming really really good friends. And he's just very very awkward. I need you to roll me a performance check. Ooh, with the disadvantage. No, you're not exhausted anymore. It's a seventeen on the dice. That's pretty good. I think you have what a plus one to charisma, maybe. I think so. So that's an eighteen. Yeah. I'm not saying that you all have to agree or anything like that. Nothing like that. But Lark taking the long way around, manages to make a pretty compelling speech. Do we have to clap? No. No, uh, no, no. Okay. Uh, Kellen, okay. you, don't, you, don't, you don't have to clap or anything, but I, I just <laughs> want you to know that. That wasn't in character. I was just asking out of character. <laughs> that was, Kellen didn't like walk up to you and just like, do we have to clap for that? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. He may have. That's awesome. Oh, that's um, good. I, I just want you, I know that in, in for me, my my friends have always been the the ones that back me, even whenever I'm, uh, you know, trying to find or pursue something that other people don't understand. And so I'm hoping that we can we can do that now, as a team, as friends. As make believe, we are the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> Jk, I'm Captain America. I'm Thanos. I say, here, here. And then I hug everybody. <laughs> Individually, or do you try to like pull them in for a hug, everyone? I try to pull them in. If if that doesn't work, I go individual. Okay, you might get a couple of them. Am I back when he says all this? Yeah, 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 you're there. Yeah, okay. Um, I do want to point out, uh, eating lemur is totally illegal because they are an endangered species. Yes, yes, yes. Not in Monumi, though. In Monumi, that's fine. But uh, they're Madagascar. overpopulated in Monumi. Yeah, in Monumi, apparently they live in like the deep forest, and they have their own society. They... They're called Zabumafu. No, Zabumafu is just the king, or he was. <laughs> um... I thought Julian was the king. <laughs> I am the king. I like to move it. Move it. I like to move it. Okay. Yeah. Zabumafu. Okay. All right. You all have a moment. Kellen reacts, but he's not like cheering or anything he's sure, he's, sure sure he takes what you said and yeah he just he hears you vance when this is all going on you're you're probably listening to Lori, but i would assume that at least sometimes you're kind of glancing at guy to see what how he's reacting you've noticed ever since you guys woke up this morning guy has had a somewhat ashamed look on his face yeah he better he keeps his head <laughs> you know he keeps his head pointed down he not that he's in pure shame and doesn't want to look anyone in the eye or anything he just has a little bit of an air of embarrassment 
I'm going to attempt to murder him. Okay. <laughs> uh, roll, no, roll me kidding. an attack roll. Oh, I'm just kidding. So, you don't have to do anything about that. I'm just saying you you do notice that. As Lorik finishes his thing and Jim hugs everyone, you all, I assume, go to gather your things, guys well, gathering stuff while, up. Uh, no, I'm going to say while Jim is trying to hug everyone, I'm going to avoid that hug because <laughs> okay. no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Everyone's trying so, to get a hug. So, I'll go to guy and... Hug him? <laughs> no, 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 I'm not hugging him either. Just kidding. Put my hand on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Guy, I hope everything's okay. I don't know really what was going on the other day with you, but I hope everything can be worked out. He isn't looking you in the eye as you're saying all these things. He says, I don't know. I, I don't know if everything's okay. I still don't know if any of us, especially me, uh, are going to survive this mission, but it was wrong of me to act the way I, w- I did, even if uh, even if I did have horrifying dreams. Well, I think we all did. Seems that way. What, what could have... Why? Why? Why do we have visions of such horrible things? Well, I could say one thing. It probably wasn't a coincidence. Do you think it was the gnomes? <laughs> I mean, Lorik says, has said they're tricksters and I didn't want to believe him, but we stayed there with those gnomes. Definitely the gnomes. <laughs> you better be glad Lorik's over there getting a hug. Gnomes with the dark magic, <laughs> the dark overlord I mean, gnome no, kingdom. I'm not saying that like... <laughs> I'm not saying all gnomes are bad. Nothing like that. I'm just saying... All gnomes are bad. Was Brindle, like, some sort of evil person? Enchantress? He's a sorcerer. (laughs) 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 Yes, he was an enchantress. (laughs) She was after killing all along. (laughs) No, it was Brindle, the dad. (laughs) Yes, she was. (laughs) Brindle. Brindle. Brindle changed his name. Uh, uh, <laughs> it was Brindle. Brindle, the enchantress. Oh, it's too so, good. It's too uh, good. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's just, it just seems odd to me that I've never had, I've never had a dream as vivid as the one I had that night. Neither have I. And but it was I don't horrifying. think that it would be the gnomes. Yeah. They were far too helpful and polite. You're right. I'm just. I don't. I just wonder how, how and why. You know. But, but it ho- seemed to be definitely some kind of dark magic, and I would love to know what happened. Hopefully, it's. Uh, hopefully, it won't happen again. I mean, I didn't have any crazy dreams last night. I did. <laughs> he looks at you, Jim, and he just says. Any anyway, uh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we, we won't have any more like that. So let's 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 hit the road, shall we? Let us hit the road, and Jim starts just beating the road with his fists. <laughs> the guy just gets up, shoulders his pack, and walks up to Kellen. Point the way, Kellen. Yeah, Kellen, just uh, show us show us the way to the canopy. All right, let's do this. Cool. So roll me roll me one survival check, Kellen. All right, I got a fifteen on the dice. Okay, yeah, I think your survival's pretty good. That's plenty. Yeah, it's plus five. That's plenty. So you point in the perfect direction, and you all begin to travel through Fallen Grove toward the canopy. Now that you're on the western side of the Kalen River, 
the landscape starts to change. Honestly, you'd notice as soon as you cross the river, you would have noticed that immediately the greenery has become less green. There begin to be oranges and some reds, the autumn colors that you know that you would be used to seeing. Even though it's not the autumn season, it appears that the trees and the plants around you take on that orange fall-like color. And at first, it's just mixed in with the green. It's like it slowly starts. But the deeper that you all travel into Fallen Grove toward the canopy and toward the center of this massive forest, the more it begins to take on this autumn-like color. The way that, like, as you go up a mountain or something, the air gets thin and the oxygen gets harder to breathe. Here, and the deeper that you get into Fallen Grove, it gets thicker. It almost has a taste to it. You know, it's like when you walk into certain areas or even forest, you can you take a deep smell, it almost has a little bit of a taste-like quality. Well, here it's more it's more than that. Literally, if you, if you breathe through your mouth, you can taste the air, and it tastes sweet. And it begins to give you somewhat of a jovial feel. You're all struggling with things from your past and things from your life and just the burden of this great trial. Kellen, especially you, maybe after what happened, you seem to struggle the most with it. But the deeper you get in toward the canopy, the harder it gets to dwell on those sort of things. The air almost has a maddening quality to it, if that makes sense. Not in a bad way. Not like it's making you crazy. It's not Jamaican you crazy. It's making me <laughs> crazy. It's just, it lightens the heart. And you all travel for days. It's, is, 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 all, of, is all of Fallen Grove like this? Does it change in, in summer uh, one place and it's fall somewhere else? Kellen? Not all of it. Not all of it. Uh, it's just the pumpkin spice trees. Um, <laughs> pumpkin spice. <laughs> the pumpkin spice trees. Pumpkin spruce. They are. It, it smells so good. Yeah, man. It, what is the likelihood of a pumpkin falling and hitting us? N- not very high. Just, well, don't touch the trees. There are some Jim. pumpkin trees. You you all pass pumpkin trees. <laughs> <I just don't laughs> no, like yes. With no. zabumafus all over them. Maybe. Maybe there are pumpkin trees. I don't care. Maybe there are pumpkin trees. There are definitely trees that have gourd-like things hanging from them. And then we can cut them down and then have pumpkin spice lattes. So basic. Such a basic white girl. Like you cut it down and then you open it up and then it's just filled with hot PSL. Hot liquid. Oh, <laughs> pumpkin spice pumpkins. I want coffee. You guys are traveling. Through, you know how in the real world, autumn is kind of like you walk into I've a forest and all the, the all the trees or all the leaves on the ground. It's dry. Yeah, it's not like that. It's not like sopping wet. It's just humid, but it's not hot. Moist. It's kind of the perfect temperature, honestly. You know, on if we're being honest, fall has the perfect temperature. Oh yeah, amen. Pr- pristine fall has the perfect temperature. Mm, That's the fall. way it is. The deeper you get into Fallen Grove, the cooler it gets, but it never gets uncomfortably cool. Yeah. And so it is just, everything is is good and right in the world. The sweet scent that permeates the atmosphere is, it's lightning of the heart. And in the dim light, one could almost lay aside all their cares and just lie on the ground and just pass the ages. Helen, you know, so. after after this is over, I might just move here. This is amazing. It's beautiful. It's delicious. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's delicious. Makes you want to write a poem. How how far are we from the canopy? You guys have traveled a few days. I'm going to need a couple of things We've from the... We've traveled a few days. 
So we're, we're not going to go through each of the days each that you travel. You guys are, you know, over a week's travel. I'm try, I can't remember exactly how long it took you to get, would have taken you to get from Foothill Village to <laughs> Kellen's house. But we're going to say somewhere in the realm of like, it's like a week and a half to two weeks travel, depending on how much, how good of time you make. So here's what I need. The guy's getting more wizard practice. I'm going to say that Kellen. Yeah, is. Did it, guy level up yet? Guy. He's getting some wizard practice. I don't know if he's leveled up. We're we're moving along. Kellen does just fine on his survival checks. I'm not going to make him roll those because he is in his preferred terrain. He's at home. The, the sanction is pushing you guys along and helping you. But I do need this. I need everyone to roll me a wisdom saving throw. Yeah, we will. Oh, no. Roll me one. What you got? Oh, that's not good. It's really bad. It's a natural one. It's a natural one. <laughs> okay. Jeffrey? Oh, that's a six. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I got a nine. Okay. Alan? 23. Whoa. Mm, yeah. Get him, Jim. So everyone except for Jim, a couple nights in, has another bout of nightmares. It's the same Gosh. as the one before. It's just as horrifying. It's just as difficult for you, and you wake up. All of you wake up to the sound of Jim's sleep apnea. It, it, it doesn't, this dream doesn't seem as horrifying because it's not happened. You just said it seems as horrifying. So, what? out of character, I'm not as horrified. Okay. Just saying. <laughs> <Okay>. Wow. <laughs> you have the same dreams and you wake up sweating. Kellen wakes up screaming. Yeah. Right? He doesn't wake up just sweating. Yeah. Screams, bro. But even though it's terrible... As you guys have traveled along, just like the conversation that Guy had with Servants, it's probably come up amongst all of you. It doesn't mean you're all going to say what's happened in your dreams or anything like that. But you've all recognized that something did that. Something had to have caused it. You may have had suspicions about maybe someone around there did it or something about where you were. Oh, Lorik's very suspicious after the second time, and he's going to, whenever he wakes up mm -hmm. from it, after he shakes it off mm -hmm. and like stares at Kellen for a while and mm -hmm. ponders using suggestion to get him to tell him the truth again. Yes. I'd like to reach out with magic and see if there's anything around us that's influencing this. Okay. Are you talking about doing just an arcana check? Yep. I was talking okay. about using the divine sense. Okay. You can both do that. Ooh. My dice says 19. Okay. So that's plus your arcana. So that's really good. 26. So your divine sense lets you sense, what is it, fiends, celestial? Or undead within 60 feet of you. Okay. You sense nothing, Servants. Nice. Lorik, you fill out with magic, and as you do, you realize now, maybe for the first time, maybe not, that Fallen Grove, especially now that you all are getting deeper into it, and like I said, there's all this weird sort of aura, you sense a presence of magic all around you, but it is very different from the magic that you know. It doesn't feel arcane. It feels different. It's terrifying. Well, it is in a way, but it, with that high of a check, you also kind of recognize it and associate it with the same sort of magic that Kellen can right. do. Right, And so it just feels different. You don't sense a specific thing, but you do have like an itching in the back of your mind sure. that something is definitely wrong. And you don't know if it's arcane, you don't know if it's druidic, you don't know what it is, but something's, something is definitely off. Kellen, Kellen, I have a question. Yeah, hit me with it. While Jim snores. Well, Don't. Fallen grows its magic, like, 
innately, right? Yes. Like it feels this way and there's not leaves on the ground and it smells this way because it's magic. Okay, Kellen, you don't really know what it's like in the rest of the world, Kellen, because you haven't been to that many places. You've been around, you know, so a few places across the drylands and things. You've never been to Vent Haven. You've never been to Branshire. You've never been to Dimmerhold for sure. But in Fallen Grove, the sanction, Atonia's blessing, it kind of keeps the forest alive. Okay. So it's, it's, so that is what the faith in Atonia is built on. It's not like it is with Palor, where it's about devotion and even worship to an extent you know it's it's not like that or how it might be with some of the other gods with atonia it's like a co-dependent relationship that she keeps the forest thriving around you and you keep the forest safe that's kind of the relationship with anyone who's a druid or a ranger who lives in fallen grove you see what i'm saying yeah understand it's less of a reverence and worship and more of a relationship so do you want me to relay that back to Lorik? or no, you can say can whatever you just... want i'm just giving you kind of the insight that Killam would i'm giving you the insight that Killam would have regarding the forest it's it's atonia that's atonia's power that's atonia okay so Lorik, what was your question again <laughs> he asked if the forest was innately magic the best way i can explain it is because of Atonia, rangers and druids were kind of co-partners when it comes to the for- forest. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like, she keeps the forest going and alive, and the rangers and the druids protect well, the forest. So, well, well, you're telling me she's directly connected to the forest. Yes, that's, yeah, so that's the best I can give so, you. <laughs> so, this, this, this gnawing itch, the, the, the thing that's wrong with the magic, have you, have you sensed it yet? Have you sensed it? No, I'm not that great. Yeah, I, I I don't know how to use your magic, but could you I'm could you try great. to use it and see see what you feel? But I'm I'm worried that we might be. What if we're too late? There's been an awakening. Have you felt it? I feel the force running through me. Don't cry, Yuzu. Yeah, sure. I'll try and use my magic. I have no idea what you mean by that, but use your magics. So. It's been a few days travel. I'd say you guys are probably most of the way. Actually, I'm going to say you are. You, you've traveled over a week deep into Fallen Grove. Kellen, you feel like you guys are probably getting close. We might even say that you're expecting to be within just a few days now. Okay. What if every single day that we travel, I use divine sense? Because also I can detect the presence of any place or object that has been consecrated or desecrated as with the hallow spell. Okay. So I can know where the grove is if we get within 60 feet of it. If you, if you get within 60 <laughs> feet of it, I'll tell you where it is. <laughs> okay, so... Wouldn't that be something? Vance, you wake and you do your divine sense. You don't feel any presence close to you, just like Lorik's saying. You wake up to hear them discussing this. Kellen, are you going to try and sense anything? Yes, I'm going to use my senses well, give me and a, try to sense. Give me a nature check. Okay, cool. It has no sense. Nope, I ain't sensing nothing. What is it? A three. You can feel the magic around you, you know, because you you channel it. But you don't feel anything wrong with it. Everything seems fine to you. Um, No, Lork, I I just tried to use whatever I can, you know. uh, I'm not feeling anything weird. I'm just kind of, feels pretty normal to me if you really want to know 
Okay. Uh, I'm guys. I'm just worried that I'm worried that we're we're late. Something's not right. Well, if we were late, wouldn't we be dead already? Fallen Grove, maybe. Maybe it's already hmm. dying in places. We we just need to go. We just need to go. So you all are awake, Jim. I mean, I assume you guys let him get his rest. So Jim looks up. Okay. And he's like, wow, guys, something really weird happened. I actually slept very well. (laughs) (laughs) What? That is weird, Jim. There was no moose or anything. No moose. No meese. No meese. I hate meeses to pieces. So you all struggling through the morning, you head out, and you're all exhausted through that day. You do not make the same amount of time traveling as you would have. Jim, it's a very easy day's travel for you. I'm going to say you all get rest to that night. The next day... You travel through the day, you're feeling better, your spirits are uplifted. Even though you guys were exhausted in the nightmares, the air still helps keep it from burdening you down anything like it did before. You know, it, it is lifting your spirits for you. It's helping with that. You see what I'm saying? Awesome. So you guys continue on, travel through that day. You travel through the next day, and Kellen, you begin to notice the landscape. It's been kind of up and down in, you know, different directions. You go down a hill and then up one and, you know, flat for a while. And this it's very wavy and moves. Well, now the, all the land around you has begun to decline in one direction, and you know that that is heading toward the canopy. So you guys are now within a day's travel. You're close. Guys, we're almost there. We're, we're at, from, from the canopy? Yeah, I can almost taste the canopy. Is there any way we can go faster? The canopies. It's late. You guys have traveled into the night now you know you've made such good time today you've made a great distance it's late you're at the point now where you're gonna have to stop we stop yeah we we'll reach it by tomorrow we're going to have to stop men lork like when when they stop he always takes a few more steps in the direction they need to go and just kind of stands there and stares off into the darkness (laughs) Mm -hmm. you all set up a camp everything seems good you're breathing easy you have a maybe a meal before you go to sleep and Lor- the beholder appears. Lorik goes to uh, into meditation. I'm assuming the rest of you do a watch. Probably that's probably the standard. The standard is they all go. Then Lorik comes awake after. Then you all go to sleep. So roll me a wisdom save, but with advantage this time. I'm, but I don't want to. I want to roll you a wisdom save. Natural twenty. Yes. This one was good. I got an eighteen on the dice. Okay. So Jim. <laughs> 19. Okay. Uh, okay, so the first one uh-huh. was a three. And the second one is this a three. This one is a three. Okay, so you got <laughs> six. like a six. That's the third three I've rolled in a row. And then God, he got like a 14. So everyone except Sir Vance gets a good night's rest. Love it. However, Sir Vance. Man, it's really you lucked take, out that it was take you. take 20 damage in the mind. <laughs> it really lucked out that it was you that failed. So you remember when you did that religion check? Oh, no. I remember. And Paylor kind of gave you that sense that you guys were safe. You didn't need to take a rest. Well, tonight when you go to sleep, you everything starts off fine. After a short time, though, it settles into that nightmare. Uh oh. And you begin to have that same nightmare that you had last time, reliving those scenes, the horrific things, and it comes down to the very end of it. And I don't want to see this part again. Is it gets to the worst part, right? Yeah. It goes black. 
cuts out Ooh. completely. Oh, God. And then it's like you're standing in a great open field. Kind of like back at Branshire, you know, in, around that area. The wind is blowing very strongly. The grass is moving around you. It's not like a stormy wind, but it feels like maybe it's blowing a storm in. Is this an anime opening? The sky is dark and cloudy. You can hear thunder rolling off in the distance. You turn and look, and it's way off to the west. You can see the Elder Mountains. It's like you can almost see beyond it, over the drylands into Fallen Grove. And somewhere deep above Fallen Grove, there's a black cloud that's swirling above it. And as you're staring off and you feel this pit of fear in your stomach, suddenly you feel warmth. And you look up and there's an opening in the clouds. And a small beam of sunlight breaks through between two clouds and shines right down on you. And when it does, you hear these words. Something is coming. And then you wake up. And I grab my Odachi. And now that you're awake, that feeling of fear in the pit of your stomach is worse. You are wide awake. Lark is awake. Mm -hmm. He's had his meditation. He's walking around doing some watches. Jim and everyone is asleep beside you, but you wake with this understanding. Something is coming. Okay. So I say, everybody, wake up. <laughs> Get up. What, what's wrong? Something's coming. What do you? There's, there's nothing out what there. You? Shut your mouth. Something's coming. What's going? What's going on? He pulls both ones out. Prepare to hmm. battle. What? You're waking everyone up. You're getting everyone up, and and you all are there in, in Fallen Grove, and you've acclimated to the surroundings, to the sound of crickets and the sound of even night birds chirping and different things, just the sound of the forest. And as Vance is running around trying to wake everyone up and get everyone ready for something, you guys notice that. It suddenly becomes very quiet. I'm going to use divine sense as well while this is going on. Okay. No birds, no crickets. Where did the, where did the guys? And I'm going to use prestidigitation and start like, I want light to come out of some of the trees, like the leaves above us, mm -hmm. just to kind of illuminate the area a little okay. bit better. Kellen, what were you going to say? I have a, a my ranger sense. Yeah, your, your primeval awareness. Yes, I want to use that. Okay, Jim. I want to use my awakened mind to see. Actually, I have to see <laughs> just them. Never just mind. how woke you are. Yeah, no, it's it's my telepathy ability, but yeah. I have to see them. So I, can't, I was going to try to reach out. So instead, I am going to ready my orb magics. So. As you all come awake and guys quickly gathering things up, he's freaking out. He can sense the urgency in Cervantes' voice. And as that's happening, you all hear the crickets and the birds and the frogs and everything just quiet down around you. It's not morning yet. It's still dark out. But even in, in Fallen Grove, it seems like the forest itself emanates just enough light for you guys to see. It's weird. It's kind of like twilight under here. You know, it's never pitch blackness when you're moving through the forest. It kind of maintains a dimness. So you guys can still see pretty far off, especially those of you with dark vision. You are gathering your things. You're all reaching out. You're listening attentively. You're sending out tendrils of your magic. You're sending out tendrils of your holy senses, Cervantes. 
and you all feel something drawing close to you. Everyone all at once, even Guy, it's weird. It's almost like you didn't even need to summon any ability. Everyone all at once looks toward the east. And it's like you can hear something far off that sounds like a crash. <gasps> Kellen, which way is it to Fallen Grove? West. Yes. Let's go. Fallen Grove. Yeah, um, I was thinking the same exact thing. Charlie steps up beside you, Kellen, looking toward the east, and he's just... I say we either hide in the trees now, or we run. I think we should probably run. You hear another crash, this time just a little closer. Yep, um, guys, we need to run. Let's just run. For the first time since you guys got to Fallen Grove, the wind is starting to pick up. Holy crap. It's blowing from the east. I'm going to jump on Charlie's back, and I'm going to take off west. Jim curses the wind. Roll initiatives. Um, Dang it. No. This we were to wait. is a skills challenge. You're a skills challenge. I'm not rolling that dice again. <laughs> what you got? A three. Okay. <laughs> plus, plus something. Oh, my God. Sounds a little unbalanced. Okay. What, everyone dice give jamming. me your initiatives. So four total for me. Okay. Got a 12. 12 total. I, too, got a four. I got a 22 total. What's your dex, Jim? My dex yes. is 15. And you? 13. Okay. So, Jim, you will go before Vance. What about Guy? Yeah. Guy's actually going to go after Kellen. He got a 19. Dang. And I'm not going to give Charlie an initiative. He's going to be going just like you. Vance, because of the vision that you received, you're not exhausted. Nice. Now, you're tired. You didn't get a full night's rest. But having not done anything super strenuous the day before... At the moment, you're not exhausted. By the end of the day, you may be. But right now, you do not have disadvantage. And this is this is because of your natural 20 on that religion check. It's been waiting. Yay. You all take off. So, something is coming for you. You don't know what it is, but it sounds big. And you can't see it yet. Kellen, what are you doing? I'm leading the way towards like uh, the city. Okay, so give me a survival check for that. 13 on the dice. Plus five. 18. That is a success. So you hop onto Charlie's back and you all take off running. In the panic, you're trying to keep your senses just enough that you know the way and that you're heading right toward the canopy and a beeline for it, not taking the long way around. You're trying to path the shortest path to the canopy. Okay, you're doing well. Guy is carrying too much stuff to be running like he is. So he is going to roll an athletics check to see how he can handle that. You guys are running along. You're running. Kellen's leading the way. And the farther you go, you all begin to notice that Guy is falling back. He is not running at his full speed. He's beginning to slow down. And he says, guys, I don't know if I can carry all this. Lorik is going to purposely, as we pass a pair of trees, mm-hmm. Lorik is going to cast uh, his Scorcher spell. Okay. And he's going to try to light, like, two of them on fire. Oh, boy. With the idea of whatever is behind us, we'll have to go through the flames to stay right behind us. Okay, make me an attack roll. I feel <gasps> like whatever's following us is ginormous. I feel like those crashes are it crashing its feet through the tops of the trees, and that's why the wind's blowing through. Oh, yeah, I think so, too. That's a 7 on the dice, so 14. Okay. You fail. You don't fail. You light one tree. It's lit. It's lit. Okay, and it catches. It's not as effective as you hoped it would be. 
you definitely light one tree behind you. And keep running. And now it is Jim's turn. I cast Minor Illusion okay. to conjure an image of a giant delicious banana split. <laughs> so that whatever is coming after us will be tempted by ice cream. No, it's uh, footprints mm-hmm. that look like they lead off in a different direction than we're going. Oh, very good. Very good. Uh, let's do deception for that. How's that? Uh, let's do deception for that. How is that? Let's see. I will roll this. Uh, that one counts. Okay. What is it? It's a 20. Natural? Yeah. Natty. Oh, Ooh. yeah, boy. Mm, that's so, good. I like dece- that. Whatever it is, is deceived. Get it? But then it's plus seven, so it's 27. <laughs> okay, so Jim, seeing that Guy is falling back and, and just, just trying to think what's the best thing I can do, he creates an illusion, the illusion of footsteps leading off to which direction? The north or the south? So I'll say, what's north and what's south of me? Is there anything in particular that I know? No. So I'm just going to pick randomly north. Okay. This thing will go up to Yankee Town. You set your foot, the footsteps of all five of you plus a bear heading north. You know, depending on how good your roll was, it might have only been a couple. But you actually managed to conjure the illusion in such a way that it shows the footprints and the greenery being pushed out of the way heading north, and it actually covers you guys' tracks for, say, 50 feet as you're running east. Mm. Okay. Now it is Vance's turn, Sir Vance. Sir Vance is going to Guy. Okay. And I want to use athletics to take all of his heavy stuff. Okay. Roll it. It's a 13 plus 6. Okay, so that is, that's plenty. You're quickly able to grab the heaviest pack that you see, kind of like the big pack on Guy's back, throw it on your shoulder, and you just take off running. Do you say anything to him? Let's go, Guy. We can't afford to fall behind here. Uh, uh, yes, th- thank you. Thanks, thanks. Okay, Kellen, it's your turn now. During this time, you've kind of bought yourself a little bit of space. It sounded like the thing was really gaining on you. You guys keep running. You're running full blast, we'll say, between these rounds. We're not doing like the regular six-second round here. You guys run. You're running. You're doing some things to cover things up. You light a tree to kind of stop them. And then Jim, using, using that tree as a focal point, leads some footsteps leading in a different direction to the point that it almost would seem, even to someone reaching out, they can sense the magic going that way. You see what I mean? It's a great illusion. Probably Jim's best. He feels very proud of it. I do. Be proud, Jim. Lorik is proud of you, Jim. You all are running west full speed. We'll say you get probably 100 feet, 200 feet, 300 feet. You you make some time, and you even hear those crashes as they're getting a little bit quicker. You know, boom, boom. First, they're very slow, but now you can hear things, and it sounds like limbs breaking trees. You hear it coming farther north now. Oh, man. Now, it is Kellen's turn. Now, Kellen... You guys get the sense that maybe you misdirected it, but you don't know how long that's going to last, and you're still booking it. So your goal is to reach the canopy before this thing catches up to you or to try and slow it down in some way. So what do you want to do? Okay. So who would you say is kind of the slowest person in our party right now? Probably Guy. Yeah, probably Guy. Okay. But he's keeping up with you guys well now, but he's still probably the slowest. Okay. So what I'm going to do... I'm going to jump off Charlie. I'm going to make myself two guy. And I'm going to touch him and I'm going to cast the spell called Longstrider. Okay. How does Longstrider work? Does it say anything about him needing to do a save or anything like that? You touch him and it increases their speed. Longstrider uh, works. You touch a creature. The target's speed increases by 10 feet until the spell ends. I'll tell you what I'm going to do for this then. I'm not going to make you roll anything. All right. 
he is immediate his speed is in, is immediately increased on his turn he's going to make an acrobatics or dexterity check to speed up and we're going to he's going to have advantage on it okay so all it's right. kind of like you it's kind of like you used the help action all right so now it is guy's turn so immediately you go back you touch him and do you say anything to him i don't say anything i just whisper something in druidic and that's it he rolls a natural 20 so guy <laughs> guy rolled a six. No, that's a nine. He rolled a nine and a natural twenty. So you touch him and he immediately feels energized, like he could just run a mile. And he just takes off running and within a few seconds he is passing you guys up. He actually looks back and realizes, oh wait, I need to slow down. And he sets his pace just in front with Charlie, because Charlie's obviously the most adept at running of the of those of you. He's he's yeah. moving along quite well. Can I get back on Charlie? That's yeah, fine. that's fine. Yeah, you hop back on, on Charlie. All right, cool. And Guy's just running right next to you. Lorik. Uh, Sir, Sir Vance, I, I'm going to disappear, but I promise I'm right here with you, okay? Okay. And Lorik's going to take his wand and tap himself on top of the head and cast invisibility. Okay. So what what is your goal here? My goal is that if Thing finds me, Thing doesn't see me. Okay. Give me a stealth check with advantage. I'm going to say that in this instance... You're using magic to be stealthy, so instead of a dex stealth, this will be an intelligence stealth. So you add your intelligence plus proficiency. Thirteen. Okay. That's still not amazing, but in the event that we come up on a situation where we need perception checks from this thing, whatever it might be, that's going to be your number. Okay? Thirteen. Okay. So, it is Jim's turn. So, Jim. Ho, 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 Jim. He is going to turn around and try to negotiate. I'm just kidding. (laughs) He is going to... Just run. Like okay. he is going to run like he's never ran before. So, athletics, acrobatics? Let's say one of those two. I'm fine with whichever one's the higher for you. I'll do acrobatics. Okay. So, while he's running, he's kind of skipping. He's striding. <laughs> okay. Bouncing off trees, swinging on vines. Parkour. Hardcore parkour. And he rolls a two with a four total. Oh, boy. Jim, feeling so good about your illusion that you cast, you're just trying to keep up, you're doing well, everything's going fine, and you start skipping and hopping, thinking, yeah, we got this, we got this, and then you skip and trip. Great. Your foot slides on some leaves. It's not like bad sanction tripping you up. You were skipping through the forest at full speed. (laughs) So you slip and you eat dirt, and you're falling back. How does it taste? It's like dirt. Hmm. Jim says. Some time has been passing and you guys are moving along and as you are, you hear that thing fading toward the north. And then after a few moments with you all running, I mean, everything that you've done in this turn has been to push you forward, move faster. You hear it coming back down from the north. And now it sounds like it's getting closer and closer. And Jim, you slip. Servance. About how close is it? You don't know. You don't see anything Whenever. unless you want to try to see something right now. I'm just saying, no one's done anything to try and see it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So go ahead. It's your go. Do what you want to do. Okay, well, did I sense anything in my divine sense earlier? Earlier, no. Okay, but well, it still continues, right? Do uh, like, does it continue no, I don't for... think it, like, continues. Okay. The trees are really, really high. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a way of seeing over them. Okay. So I guess what I will do is try and use divine sense again. Okay. And look back and try to see if I can see anything. Okay. 
So you're casting your divine sense. So here's what I'll do with that. Give me perception with advantage. Oh boy. Wow. Did you get poop rolls? Yeah. Got a two and an eight. Oh man. So it's a three and a nine. You only have a plus one to perception? He's na- neither perceptive or religious. Hey, my religion's better now. Oh, good. So here's what I'm going to say then, okay? You looking back, do you, you stop to help Jim or anything? Are you like stopping and looking back? What are you doing? You're just stopping and looking back? Yeah, kind of looking, looking over your shoulder. around, yeah. You reach out with your divine sense, and as you do, you're looking back over your shoulder. The only thing that you can make out behind you is darkness. <clears throat> and when I say that, I don't mean, oh, it's dark back there. I mean, your eyes narrow on darkness moving toward you. Coming in from the north, it seems like the trees are one by one falling into complete darkness. And as your divine sense reaches out, you can't sense celestial, fiend, undead, blah, blah, blah. But you sense something wrong. Mm. It's not within 60 feet, but it's approaching. It's getting ever closer. Well, I wish I could have sensed fiend or undead. That would be nice. Do you say anything when you sense that, Vance? Uh, someone attacked the darkness. <laughs> the darkness is approaching from the north. Is it coming directly to our right? I'm guess because we're heading west, right? So it's yeah, it, it's it coming. coming da- it's our- not coming directly from your right. It's coming from behind you into the right. Okay, it's converging from the north and moving fast. I want to cast another spell. Okay. Um, directly behind us, I'd like to use the spell Entangle. I don't know if that would help, but that's. I would like to try to set a trap. It's a good call. If I could use the vines and... Just yeah. roll me like it would be if it was a spell attack. So just add your spell attack okay. modifier. That is a natural 20, sir. Wow. Oh. That is straight up a natural 20. Okay, so in this instance, what happens is you reach back and you go to summon forth just a few thorns, right? Yeah, just, I mean, nothing big. Just a typical entanglement spell that you're used to. Well, instead what happens is it's like the forest channels its power into you. It's like you're channeling the sanction, almost, if that makes sense. Wow. And vines come shooting up out of the ground and in a wall from the direction that this thing is approaching from creates a wall of thorns and vines and thick to the point you can see through it, but it would be very hard for something to break through. Wow, this druid stuff is pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Guy, it's his turn. He is going to... What is he going to do? Guy is going to try and use persuasion or performance. He's going to do a charisma-based check to try and encourage you all. He says, uh, we we can do this. We're we're so close. Uh, I, I think. Yeah. I feel so encouraged. You guys don't feel that encouraged. <laughs> he rolled it like a seven. So, okay. Do we feel somewhat encouraged by the fact that God's showing so much gusto. Yeah, maybe that. But his 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 speech was not very encouraging. Loric. Okay. Just run, God. Just run. Everybody, run. Hurry. Uh, I'm want to use uh, acrobatics. And okay. try to, like, you just hear a voice in the darkness telling you to hurry and run. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to use acrobatics to try to stay ahead of everybody. Okay. You might have trouble passing up Guy, but the rest of them you can. It's a 10. Total? Yeah. Okay. You don't keep ahead of everyone. Great. But you don't fall way back either. 
good. That's very average. Okay. Jim. Very Loric. Yes. So I stand up and I want to try to reach out to it with my awakened mind. Okay. It says your alien knowledge gives you the ability to touch the minds of other creatures. You can telepathically speak to any creature you can see within 30 feet of you. You don't need to share a language with the creature for it to understand your telepathic utterances, but the creature must be able to understand at least one language. How many feet? 30. Okay. He said Is see it, also. Yeah, so, but I can see the darkness, right? You can. You can look back and see the darkness. Is it 30 feet behind me? I'll tell you what, I need to roll, okay? So okay. just use your spellcasting ability modifier. Okay. So that's a 20, not now. Okay. So here's what you do. You are running, you look back, you see the darkness, and you open your mind. You're almost reaching out with your mind. And when you do, you brush against Lorik's consciousness, and it's going 100 miles an hour. You brush against Vance's, and you feel his confidence, but his fear at the same time. You brush against... I don't have any fear. Kellen's mind, and <laughs> there's definitely a, a darkness in there, but also there's somewhat joviality, and then you brush against Guy's mind, and his is just one-track mind. Run, 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 run. You brush against <laughs> Charlie's mind, and it's... I didn't have any breakfast. I'm starving, but we got to get out of here. And then you feel something else. Can I speak to it? No, you don't have the opportunity to speak to it. But what does happen is as your mind reaches out and brushes against it, it's almost like an ocean. Everything else that you touch, all the minds that you brush by, even like maybe some creatures running away, it felt familiar. But as you come against this, it feels like something more. And you hear a voice in your mind. And you pass out. Oh, my. Oh, oh no. Vance, you're running along, and you see Jim. You see him just mm. kind of look intent and focused for a moment. And you maybe feel something mentally brush against you, and then... You see him kind of shudder, his eyes roll back in his head, and he eats the dirt. Oh, my goodness. And it's your turn. My turn? Mm-hmm. Oh. I mean, I don't feel like we want to fight this, whatever it is. And, I mean, I'm going to have to try to pick up Jim. Okay, roll me athletics. That's a 15 plus 6. Okay. 21. You come to a sliding stop grab Jim, throw him over your shoulder, and take off running. And as you do now, that wind is blowing so hard from your back, and a tree just 50, 60 feet away from you is just ripped from its roots and flown off to the right. And your divine sense still flowing, you get a sense now of something coming. You don't know what it is. You don't know if it's undead, celestial, but you know one thing for sure. To face it here, now, is to face death. Amazing. With a quick glance back, you see the darkness shift just a little. And you see two glowing green eyes and a maw filled with rows of razor-sharp teeth. And that is where we're going to end this session. And then we'll die. I just crap myself. So thank you all, listeners, for tuning in. 
for checking out Make Believe Heroes. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode. Can we record the next one? I know what I want to do. <laughs> Is it my turn? Thank you all so much for joining us. If you'd like to help us out, you can do so by following us on Twitter, by sharing our show with a friend, by running us a five-star review, any of those things. If you'd like to get in touch with us, holler at us on Twitter. Send us an email to makebelieveheroespodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed some of these sound effects you've heard, you should check those out from battlebards.com. And I guess we'll see what happens next week. Send the DM an email that says to use more enemies that are fiend or undead. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening. We love you. We love you. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.